Amen. Since we are fasting and praying, how many still do on that? Wonderful, wonderful. I, I really sense uh, an, an urgency and the, what I refer to as the wind of the Spirit in our church. I see people praying a lot, and sometimes we think we are the ones doing it, but guess who is behind it? The Father. The Spirit of God is involved. And the reason a lot of people are having uh, a heart to do these things is because God is getting ready to do something, something big. And I just encourage us to keep praying, uh, stay with your fast. Now, with fasting, sometimes uh, when things get really rough, it's like I've broken my fast. (laughs) And you say, well, I just broke my fast. I guess I won't fast anymore. Don't do that. (laughs) Ask God if you're feeling bad. Ask God for forgiveness and go right in. Amen. It's better for you to be feeling weak and you eat something than for you to be having a hunger strike. (laughs) Where you say, God, I'm striking. No, not hunger strike. It's fasting. If you can pray and you need something to help you with energy, please do that. You're still fasting. Amen. Just don't eat a three-course meal. (laughs) Tonight I want to go into a message on prayer again, since we are fasting. And I want to share with us five key secrets to a successful prayer life. Five key secrets to a successful prayer life. These things are really basic. But when it comes to God, everything should be basic. We make things too complicated and we miss out on them. So this is really important. And I want to share this with us today. Five key, uh, key principles, secrets to a successful prayer life. First one is what I refer to as a new way to ask from God. A new way to ask from God. And this is based on what Jesus said, and we're going to go into this. In John 16, beginning from verse 23, Jesus said, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Now, the first thing I want to let us know tonight is that we are living in the day Jesus spoke about. In that day, that's our day. That's today. In that day, you will ask me nothing. In other words, what was happening when the disciples needed anything? They went to Jesus. They talked to Jesus. And he was right there. God was right there to meet their needs. And they didn't have to pray very much. In fact, they were not doing a whole lot of praying. Because Jesus was meeting all of their needs. Those that were following John the Baptist, they were learning how to pray, and they were praying. But the disciples depended solely on Jesus, and they didn't need to pray. 
They asked him and they got whatever they wanted. They got it by miracles. Whatever they needed, he was right there with them. But then Jesus is saying, a day is coming, and that's the day we are living in, where you don't need to ask me anymore. What you need to do is ask the Father in my name. Now let me show uh, here that the disciples actually were not praying very much. Look at Luke 11 verse 1. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. In other words, we need to know how to pray, just like John has taught his disciples. So that tells you they were not praying much, but they really want to get into prayer. So they depended on Jesus all of that time. And at this time, Jesus, it was, Jesus was about going to the cross, and he was talking to them on a very personal level, just educating them as to what was going to happen in the New, Test- in New Testament times. In other words, you don't have to depend on me anymore, but I'm going to show you, and we're talking particularly about getting personal needs met. There are different types of uh, prayer. There's prayer for forgiveness, prayer intercession, praying for people. Uh, supplication, but this is one that you are asking for your own personal needs to be met. That's what Jesus is addressing here. And he says, in that day, you, shall, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. So this was the first time he was showing them a formula to get whatever they needed from God. He said, whatever you ask in my name, He will give it to you. There's no doubt about it. All you have to do is ask in my name. That's primary. Ask the Father in my name. You know, sometimes if you go to some churches, you hear people, uh, they repeat the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught them to pray the Lord's Prayer. But now, at this time, before he went to the cross, he was saying, that's over. That's Old Testament. You'll never read anywhere in Acts of the Apostles where they, they said the Lord's Prayer. In fact, you'll never see anywhere that they refer to it in, the, in Acts of the Apostles. It was for that time, before Jesus gave them this formula with which to pray. And all they have to do is attach his name. Whatever you need, Ask the Father in my name. And no doubt about it, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. As Jesus said, until now you have asked nothing in my name. In other words, you haven't asked anything in my name. But a time is coming and we're living in that day. This is the day to do it. Whatever you need, you can ask the Father in his name and he's going to give it to you. Don't complicate it. Make it simple. Ask in his name, and God will give it to you. Jesus said, ask, and you will receive. And the reason God will give to you, that your joy may be full. That's very important, that your joy may be full. Many times the enemy accuses us, accuses us and, and, and we, we accept these things, and we're saying, well, I, I really don't deserve much from God because of whatever that is. God is not answering my prayers. You're asking questions. Why is God not answering my prayers? 
The reason is maybe you are not following one of these five principles we're going to be discussing tonight. But the key thing to know is God wants you to be joyful. And He knows that having your needs met is tied to your joy. Think about it. God wants you to be joyful. Jesus said, I want you to ask in my name so that you will receive. Because if you don't ask, you won't receive. If you we don't have, because we haven't asked. So Jesus is telling us, you need to ask so that your needs will be met, so that your joy will be full. When your needs are not met, your joy cannot be full. Jesus will not lie to us. We have to have our needs met. I have to be able to pay my bills. So my joy will be full. If I'm struggling paying my bills, and I'm struggling with, you know, a car that's old that won't start, it's hard to be really joyful. You guys are really spiritual, but I don't get joyful in those type of times. I don't get really joyful. I want the problem taken care of. But the thing to do, Jesus gave us this, and he meant what he was saying. Go to the Father, shut yourself up, ask the Father in the name of Jesus, and you get the guarantee. Your prayers are going to be answered. Why? Because God wants your joy to be full. The glory of God is upon you. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is upon you. You can't have God's glory and not be happy and joyful. And so Jesus told us we need to do this. In, 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 in Acts of the Apostles, you see in Acts chapter 4, uh, after the disciples went back, they, uh, after they'd been told they couldn't preach in the name of Jesus, they went back to their company it's always good to go to people who agree with you in prayer, amen? People who will believe with you because they were praying as well. And they wanted them back. And they went back and they began to pray. And they talked about you, God sending to them His Spirit and enabling them to do signs and wonders. Who knew His name? In the name of Jesus. They put the name of Jesus in there. That signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And give us that boldness to preach the gospel. And when they did that, the Holy Ghost came up. Came into that place, shook the building. Amen. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can read through the book of Acts, all through the book. They called to God, never going back to the old way of praying which is just a principle, uh, principle laid out for us for praying. And that's the way it was done. Now, the second thing that we need to understand is that when we pray, believe that you receive what you're praying for. I don't think a lot of us put a lot of thought to this thing because we pray and we're not even considering whether we are truly believing. We don't consider that. We just pray and well, God's going to answer because I prayed. And that's faith. But I need to really know that I'm believing God at this time. And when you believe, your attitude will change somewhat. The way you look at the problem. In Mark 11:24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, 
whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I told you I'm going to go real simple tonight. It's real simple, but very profound. Not before you pray, not after you pray, you believe when you are praying that you receive them. Whatever you're asking from the Father, this is what Jesus is telling us. Many times we are trying to talk a lot to God, probably to make Him do what we think He wouldn't be willing to do. By talking to him and trying to convince him. He's not wanting that. He said, just ask and believe when you are praying. And he's going to give to you. Therefore, I say to you, I always, when Jesus uses the word I, meaning his throne is behind what he's about to say. I won't come here. I say, you know, truly, truly, I say to you. But when Jesus is saying it, the Godhead is behind this. That's what he's saying. So, I say to you, whatever, whatever things you ask, when you pray, at the time that you are praying, believe that you receive them and you will have them. No doubt about it. Believe while you are praying and you will have them. When will you have them? After you believe. Right? It's not there when you are believing. That's the problem. But you must believe that you already have them. As if you have them in your hands. And then you are going to get what you are praying for. When do you believe that you have them? Before you have them. That's when. To believe. If you already have them, you don't need to believe anymore. When do you have them? After you believe that you have them. Isn't that simple? (laughs) That's just the way it goes. We must believe that we have them. There is a principle here before Jesus said this. There are certain things that God's not wanting you to pray about, but to speak to. Many times we are praying about things that we should be speaking to. There is a time to pray. There is a time to speak to something. If something doesn't make sense in your life, for example... You're giving your tithes and you're worshipping God. The Bible is very clear. So you shall worship the Lord your God. And He'll bless your bread and your water. No one will suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. He'll take sickness away from the midst of you. The number of your days He'll fulfill. And then I find out I'm doing all of that. And it's still not working. I'm trying to follow the way, the best I know. I know something is behind there. I've got to speak to it. I've got to, I'll talk to the Father, but I'll speak to it as well. Because Jesus said, if you will speak to this mountain, 
Right? Sometimes we are praying to the mountain instead of commanding the mountain. <laughs> we shouldn't be praying about the mountain to God. He knows it all. Speak to it. Speak to it. If it doesn't make sense, after I've prayed, I believe God, you've heard me. He's got to change. I'll speak to it. I'll begin to address it. Now I'm telling you, you, this problem, I know you've been here with me for the past five years, but I'm telling you now, we're having a divorce and it's today. It's over. It's over. I'm giving you quick notice and you're moving out of my life. Because you see, I just believe God. I got to pray. Amen? And my answer is on the way and you better move and make room. Because God's about to move in. We're not going to be praying to the mountain or praying about the mountain to God. Speak to the mountain. But your own personal needs, what you need from God, that's what we're talking about today. We need to ask God and God will give to us. Again, like I said, we're making things too complicated for ourselves. We should keep it simple. And I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) We've got to keep it really simple with God. Because He's loved us so much. And he doesn't, He's not wanting to withhold anything that's good from us. Never. God's not the one that's withholding anything from us. The enemy is the one that's deceiving us. And telling us lies in our heads so that we cannot really believe God. Everything, the real battle is a battle of faith. The good fight of faith. And what's going on with that? He's sitting telling you lies. Against the word of God, so you, you will not operate in faith. Which you already have in you. Giving you all these circumstances, why faith will not work. All the natural circumstances, why this is not going anywhere. But if you stay with God and believe God, and refuse to listen to what the world is saying, be not conformed to this world, right? God will come through for us. So we need to believe while we are praying, that's when the answer will come. Third thing, forgive if you have anything against anyone. These are just things that could be a problem while your prayer is not answered. Forgive In the same chapter, Jesus talked about this. Forgive if you have anything against anyone. Unforgiveness, that's the main thing that will stop a person's faith. Unforgiveness will stop your faith. Since Angela and I went into ministry, I finally had to find a place of peace. Because everybody's not going to agree with you. Everybody's not going to like you. It's just normal. And I've come to accept it. These days, by the grace of God, I just, I know what I need to do. And I keep my heart very carefully. I know what, I can be serious and back. But I'm very confident God is with me and I don't have to worry. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Uh, so I can have my relationship with God. So people disagree, 
agree, but I deal with God personally. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows everything about me, and he knows where I'm going. My mind is, my mind is made up. I'm going to serve this God regardless. I'm going to go after him regardless. What I'm doing today is just a vehicle, another way that God is giving me to serve him. And I want to do a good job with that. But this is not it. The Christian life is more important to me than being a preacher. It's more important to me than being a preacher. That's the important thing for me. So I want to follow God. And that's what I'm praying for every one of us. It's not what I've done in God, not whatever God does through me. Those are just things that God himself is doing. But what about me and him? How does he see me? I know I'm not perfect, but he's there with me. And he's there with you. That's the way I'm saying these things, not myself. But for you to understand, this is the way it should be. You should have nothing to prove to anybody. So you can forgive them, even if they don't talk to you. You don't have to agree with all of them. But you can still have a heart of forgiveness for them. And not carry ill will against them. Bitterness, unforgiveness will stop your faith. You have days praying with no answer. The heavens become brass. And that's why Jesus tied it to this prayer. He says, when you stand praying, believe. But then he added, you must forgive as well because this is tied to the answer of your prayer. Because if you have unforgiveness in your heart, even though you're believing, your faith is being blocked. The answer is not going to come. You are going to be miserable if you stay with it. You got to forgive. Anytime you offend somebody offends you, it hurts. It always hurts. I have a formula because I've had to deal with it many times. I have a formula for it. You all want to know? I immediately go pray for the person. <laughs> I pray a lot for the person. I mean, over and over again till the feeling is gone. That's what I do. I've, I've been practicing this for a long time. So you can curse me out, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I find a time to pray. I can be really hot until I know, you know. Is there anybody that's not human here? <laughs> I get really hot when somebody's offended me. So as, the longer I stay away from prayer, the more I don't want to talk to anybody because it's not going to be good. <laughs> I'm natural, just like every one of you. So don't look at me that way. <laughs> but I have to find that place. And sometimes you start, it's not easy. Amen. It's not easy. I got to let go. I got to say, God, please bless them, forgive them, forgive me. If I've done something wrong in this situation, forgive me also. And forgive them, bless them. Make a path for them. For victory. Let them be successful. Because the thing that will hold you down is ill will. When, when, notice how we operate. Maybe you guys are different. I want to show him that I was right, right? So let something bad happen to him so he learns his lesson. It's just only me that does that. 
look at you guys looking at me. You know you've been there as well. <laughs> Let God show him something so he knows I was right. All I want is for God, for him to know I was on the right. That's very carnal, right? You guys are really spiritual. But I felt that way. Slap him, God. Slap him real good. So he learned that when I talk, he listens. <laughs> but the ten, the, while you're doing that, guess who is at the bottom at that stage? You are. The one who is holding on forgiveness, that's the one that really needs prayer. Because you are very close to the doors of hell at this point. Jesus said, if you wouldn't forgive, bind him, let the tormentors take care of him. Let jealousy go. Let jealousy go. That's a major problem. Rejoice with your brother if they are doing well. And sometimes the brother may be sensitive, insensitive and say something that robs you back. And then you're angry. Who does he think he is? Because he has this. And you don't talk. You, guess who is in trouble now? They don't even know you're thinking that way. Now you can't sleep. And they're snoozing and snoring. But you bitter tossing back and forth. Who's, who's hurting? You're hurting. It's not worth it, really. I think it was a real medicine God gave to us for freedom. I know how, by the grace of God, deal with the issues. Go past it. Amen? Go past it. Find a place so you have peace with God. Because as you stand praying, you have to forgive. Not after when you pray. You forgive. That's why Jesus said, if you go to the altar to present a gift and you find out, well, I got this brother who has something against me. He says, uh, leave the offering there and go talk to the brother. I have not found one person that did that. And please don't leave your, your offering at the altar here and run out. Okay? But Jesus was saying, this is how serious this matter is. That's how serious it is. That's how much hindrance you can have when that's in your life. But I tell you what, the key thing in my mind, this is just me, tell yourself I have nothing to prove to anybody. Because if you have nothing to prove to anybody, it's hard for them to really rob you off where you get that bitter. You have nothing to prove. You may say that today, but tomorrow something jumps up. Then tell, kill it, put it back down, put that knife in, say, no, we're not going there. But I think that's the major care. So you don't, you don't get to the place where you are bitter. That doesn't, like I've often said, um, it's funny, you know, Angela and I will understand this. Uh, when you become, a, I never had any enemy before I became a pastor. I'm telling you, I was a good guy. <laughs> At least that's the way the Christians start in church. 
But since I've become a pastor, you can talk to my wife. I have a lot of enemies. People who consider themselves my enemies. They are not here, please, okay? <laughs> and I hear some of the things that they say. I mean, you remember Pastor John, uh, the Nigerian preacher? Yeah. He was telling me some of the things that is being said about me back home. There was no truth to it. And he went back now. Paul, Pastor Paul called me and said, he's telling everybody, everything you guys are hearing is a lie. I've been with that man. Nothing can be far from it. I saw him. But when he was telling me, yeah, I showed him, that comes with the package. If I'm going to be a pastor, I've got to be able to handle a little bad talk sometimes, okay? And don't get ruffled up by it. Otherwise, you can't do work. You just cannot. And believe me, you can't really be a Christian because somebody's going to rub you off. You have to determine, you know, come up with a strategy to move on and not be bitter and not have healed well. It's so important because your, your destiny is tied to it. Notice Jesus is teaching us how to obtain from the Father to meet our needs so that our joy may be full. And he's giving us, this is the way to do it. Ask the Father in my name. But while you are praying, at that point believe that you receive them. And God will let you have them. But as you are praying, remember not to have anything in your heart against anybody. No ill will. No jealousy. You rejoice with what's happening in their lives. Even if they rob you the wrong way. You rejoice with them. I don't like talking about other ministers. I don't, I don't know what God's telling them to do. I, I can't say I know it all. I don't know. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to learn. And God's dealing with them. I'm not going to sit there and I don't know what God is wanting them to do. I have no clue. That's them and their God. I got what God's called me to do. I, let me focus on that. And leave them alone. They are God's servants. I don't get involved in what's going on. I know about them, but I'm not going to talk about them. I mean, not from the pulpit, at least. I can discuss it with Pastor Andy, but I'm not going to be talking about it from the pulpit. I don't know what's happening between them and God. I could be totally wrong. And then some of these things come on and you take on an attitude. You don't even know the person. You don't know the circumstance. But I'm not going to go to church anymore. Well, if you want to go to hell, that's your problem. For somebody that you've not met, just a TV personality, now you're so upset and angry, that doesn't make sense. That's because we're not using wisdom. And in that way, the enemy comes into our heart and, and, and puts all this bitterness and poison, and we can, our life is distorted, and we can't receive much from God anymore. The happiness lives. The joy lives. It's all motions. You're going to church and raising your hands, but there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And you know it. That's the time to shut yourself up in the closet. God, I need, he I need you to heal me. I need you to heal me. It says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. He didn't say, go eat with them, right? 
Forgive them. You don't have to go eat with them. You don't have to take them to a restaurant. If that will help, do it. Amen? If you're trying to bridge the gap, bridge the relationship, do it. But sometimes they are not willing. I tell people, Jesus didn't go eat with the Pharisees and the high priest. He died for them, but he didn't stay with them. He stayed where he was celebrated. Amen? That's the thing. You stay with those who celebrate you. You can avoid the others, but that doesn't mean you have to have ill will for them or against them. That's the way to find peace. As much as it lies in you, what the scripture says, be at peace with all men. If the best way, stay away, is going to bring more peace, that's where I'm going. Amen? No bitterness, I will avoid the fellow. Because going close is going to cause more conflict. Am I making sense tonight? I'm not, I don't have to be eating with them. When the time comes and it's ripe and God has put it together and I can sit with them and think, work out things, then I'll do that. But meanwhile, I carry no bitterness. I recognize the problem, pray for them so I can keep going. Amen? So you, can, you don't want to carry that. That's so important. The fourth thing is to depend on the Holy Spirit when you're praying. Depend fully on the Holy Spirit in prayer. Especially in prayer of intercession, where you're praying for somebody else, maybe a family member, uh, maybe your children. But you need, it's still a need in your life. What's happening to them is bugging you. In a situation like that, you need to totally depend on the Holy Spirit for answer. We know how to depend on Him for everything. Again, like I said on Sunday, the Holy Spirit is the one that's taking the place of Jesus. Just like the disciples were asking Jesus and He was meeting their needs, guess who is doing that for us today? The Holy Spirit. And He's here with us. He's here with us. In John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, it says, Jesus speaking, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Notice there is capitalized, the Holy Spirit is the helper. Jesus was their helper while he was with them. They didn't have to pray. He did everything for them for the most part. He taught them to pray, the Lord's Prayer, but they didn't have to handle much. He helped them. But Jesus now says, I'm leaving, and God will give you another helper. He will be the one doing your praying for you, just like I did for you. But you have to be engaged with Him. You have to depend on Him. He is called the Helper. He'll help you in every area of life. I wish we can recognize that this Holy Spirit is not an experience. It's a person. He's a person that lives with us. And his job in your life is what? To help you. He is called the helper. Many times we're very good at talking to the Father and we talk to the Jesus. We treat the Holy Spirit like 
is his uh, innate. We don't realize this is God himself. This is God himself that God gave to us to be our helper. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you how long? Forever. So every day of your life, you have a helper. Don't tell me you don't have, a help, you don't have help in your life. There is the helper as a Christian. He's there for you. Many of us haven't engaged him once. He says, give me something to help you with. Amen. Amen. Give me something to help you with. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The Holy Spirit takes the place of Jesus. Give me something to help you with. He will help us. He'll help you with your marriage. If you talk to him and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Give me wisdom. This coming Sunday, by the grace of God, I'm going to get there. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits of God. And I'm praying that constantly, almost every day. The seven spirits of God. And let me just give you part of it. The first one is wisdom. Counsel. Understanding. Knowledge. Might. That's very important. The spirit of might. Righteousness. And holiness. All of that seven spirits of God. I need them in me. I can't make it without them. Very important. And he has been given to me. That spirit of might has been given to me so that I can carry out any assignment God has assigned to me in life. But I have to engage him. I have to engage him. So we depend on the Holy Spirit. He says he will abide with us forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Can you say it with me? I know him. You know what Jesus is saying? You know the Spirit. Have you ever seen the Holy Ghost? (laughs) Jesus said you know him and he shall be in you. To me, I don't doubt what he said. I know the Holy Spirit. I speak it. I know him. And he is right now, because we are living in the day Jesus spoke of, he's living inside of me. Amen. You have to affirm that. He's living inside of me. That spirit of wisdom, that spirit of understanding, that spirit of counsel, that spirit of mind, that spirit of righteousness, that spirit of holiness. I got them. And I got to depend on him because he is the helper. He is the helper. So we depend on the helper. Many times we pray amiss. We're not praying according to the word of God. We do a lot of uh, funny things and I do it too so nobody feels bad. How many of you pray for somebody to be saved? Have you prayed for somebody to be saved? Did you know that the scripture never asked us to pray for somebody to be saved? Huh? Jesus didn't say to pray for uh, the unsaved. He said pray for laborers. You can't find it anywhere in scriptures where it says to pray for people to be saved. You go show me. It's nowhere. The field is 
wait for harvest. Get ready. But the laborers are few. So pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. But what do we do? Save them, O Lord. And then say, I was praying for this person to be saved. Oh, righteous work. And you think we've done a good job praying for them to be saved. What would be the right way to pray? God send a liberalized path. Somebody he'll listen to because he won't listen to me. I'm daddy. My daughter will tell me uh, when I say something to her, she says, well, but uh, Pastor West said this. I said, well, I'm Pastor West's pastor. What's the matter? They said, well, but Pastor West says it. She listens to Pastor West before she listens to me. A prophet is not without honor, save in his own home. Excuse me. I know that for sure. So I respect that. So I have to maintain the fact, well, I'm Pastor West's pastor. They still don't listen to that. Pastor West or Pastor Joe said this, and that's where it's going to go. So I say, God, fill that man with all wisdom so my daughter can hear what? Amen. Because they're not going to listen to me. Scripture. Scripture. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Because you recognize it. I don't talk to my family members much anymore. I don't talk. When I'm around them, these days they preach to me. And I keep wondering, who is the preacher among us here? (laughs) Because they'll be quoting scriptures at me and speaking and telling me, God, God, and I just keep my mouth shut. Before... Oh, they will hear from Genesis to Revelation from my mouth when I preach at them. (laughs) But I know it doesn't work. I listen to them. Unless they ask me. If they say, what do you think about this? Then I'll say, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Do you have an hour? Because now I'm going to let you. (laughs) I'm going to let you have it this time. But only when they ask. I do the same thing with my children. Because I want God to teach them. And God empower people to minister to them so that they'll grow. Because naturally, even Jesus' brothers wouldn't listen to him. Don't tell me that, that uh, Mary didn't tell them how he was born. I'm sure she told them. They didn't listen. Until they saw him back from the dead. Then they realized, oh my goodness, we saw him die we saw him on that cross. Then they were touched. I believe they touched him. Oh my goodness. I guess we made a lot of mistakes. That's why James became such a powerful apostle in Jerusalem. That's Jesus' brother. It's just true. A prophet is not without honor, safe in his own home. I believe that with all of my heart. So I don't preach at my kids very much. I let Pastor Al preach to them. But that's the way it is. You have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And so it tells us in Romans 8, 8 verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, thus speaking in tongues. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Who was doing the praying for the believers when Jesus was there? Jesus was, right? Now the Holy Spirit is doing it. 
But the thing is, the Holy Spirit is a spirit, a person. He lives inside of us. And we need to walk with him so that he prays through us. And we depend on him. The key thing here is, he says, we do not know what to pray for as we ought. And that's considered by God a weakness, a weakness that we have. So every one of us sitting here today, you have that weakness. You don't know what to pray for as you ought to know. What that says is knowing what to pray for to God is important. But because we are humans and we cannot know what to pray for, God has given us the helper. Amen. God has given us the helper. Meaning, with the helper, we can be assured of our answered prayer. Amen. Don't neglect the person of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like neglecting Jesus in your life. Because he's taking the place of Jesus today. Don't neglect him. He'll help you in every area. I like addressing him these days. And I've been doing this for a while. I talk to him, the Holy Spirit. I worship him. I, you know, because they worship Jesus. Jesus didn't say, worship the Father, don't worship me. Jesus demanded worship. People worshipped him. So you worship the Father, we worship the Son, and we must worship the Holy Spirit. We must call him God our Father, Lord God, is Lord Holy Spirit. Realize? He's Lord also. Lord Holy Spirit. Give him his place so he can help you. Especially in the era of prayer. That's his ministry. Jesus is up there making intercession for us. And guess who is down here with us making intercession for us? The Holy Spirit. So engage him and depend on him. He is the one that is going to help you with the faith while you are praying when you pray to receive. Remember Jude one twenty, But you, beloved... Building up yourself in your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Why do you need faith? You need faith for, your, for the answer to your prayers. So when you pray, you got the Holy Ghost building your faith. So you can have faith when you pray. And then you have the result. Because he builds that faith in you. You know, I don't, I'm not of the kind that would say, just pray once and let go. What I say is, pray until... You have the title deed in your heart and it doesn't make sense to pray again. Amen? You don't feel that urgency to pray about it. But you got to get there. And if you're not getting there, it means something is wrong. And you, you can say just one sentence and you're already there. Amen? But I know me. Even though I'm praying this and I'm, it's like there's still that struggle whether I'm believing God or not. And I know it. And so, I have to find other ways to get away from that. I rebuke unbelief. I'm being very frank with you. I do that. I rebuke the spirit of unbelief. And I renounce, renounce them separate from, from that. And I ask the Lord to help me. And I pray in tongues a little bit more. So I can build myself up. And once I get that peace, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And what? The peace of God. Once I have that peace, I'm, I've, he heard me. I got the title deed. Amen? I may not have it 
I may not see it with my eyes, but I know I've got it. And I don't need to pray about it. Then I start looking for it. When the Holy Ghost will bring it from this unseen world and bring it and present it to me. For a time of shouting and rejoicing. Amen. That's what we need to do. The fifth thing is to praise and thank God for the answer. To praise and thank God for the answer. Sometimes that, that, while you are still praying, notice, we're not talking about, okay, now let's start praying to the Father. That's not, uh, step one. Oh, I finished step one. Now let's go to step two. No, it's all in one, okay? In our prayer time. And, and you're still praying. But I, get, I can let you know this. You can be in a place where you are still struggling with believing that God has heard you, and you start praising Him, and God gives you the title deed. Amen? That faith to believe. I know I have heard. That's so powerful. Your praise after you've asked. So important. I've already quoted these scriptures. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With what? Thanksgiving. That's another thing there, the formula. Don't leave thanksgiving out. Don't be anxious. If you're going to be anxious, don't pray. Amen. If you're, going, if, if you're going to be anxious, you're going to be worried about this thing, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, get rid of the anxiety about the problem. That means you're trusting God. Amen. You're trusting God when you pray. Why go to pray if you believe God is not going to hear you anyway? Why waste that time? Well, I'm going to pray to God. Well, you, you don't, you're not sure if he's going to hear you, so what are you doing? Some kind of exercise? You're going to manipulate him, maybe hear you and do something about this? No, you go to pray because you don't have the answer. And you believe he has the answer. And I'm going to talk to him about this. You know, I like Hezekiah. You remember the man Hezekiah? And Isaiah came in and told him, you just get your house in order, you're going to die. And the guy says, no, I'm not going to die, I don't like that. He turned his face up and he started crying to God and he said, no, you can't do this to me. Look, I've done this for you, for you. <laughs> That's back game with God. I've done this for you, I'm, I'm, I've prayed, I'm, 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 I help what's going on in the church. I'm actively involved in what's going on there. God, I, I can, this can't be. And God, the prophet was still going to his home. And God said, turn around, turn around, go back to him. I just added 15 more years for that guy. <laughs> That's incredible. God changed his mind. Because a man will not let so with prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what God does as you are praising Him and you are thanking Him, in the midst of all those, the chaos, He gives you peace. And all of a sudden, your problem is still there. How many of you have been there? I know the problem is there, but I'm not concerned anymore. I don't know how God's going to do it. I'm just at peace. I'm just at peace. And from time to time, the Satan will remind you, and, that, and, and then you pray in tongues. That's where I go, a little bit, and then I, he goes, I said, what was, that? what was making me anxious just a minute? Oh, it was that stupid devil. Okay. But that's what, the way it is. 
You got to believe God. Psalm 149. 5 through 9. This is what I'm going to close with tonight. Let the saints... How many are saints here tonight? You don't have to die to be a saint. You can still be alive and be a saint. I was teaching that in Sunday school this last Sunday about uh, saints. Uh, If you cannot be a saint here, believe me, when you die, you won't be one. This is the only place to be a saint. (laughs) Be a saint here so that when you die, you're one over there. This is the place to be. But this is what it says. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. That's joyful noise. Some of us sing, the others make joyful noise. But sing aloud. Don't hold back. Sing aloud in their beds. That's what God wants the saints to do. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You know what that two-edged sword is? The word of God. Speak to the problem. While you are praising God, you're speaking to the problem. I got you now. I just talked to my father. You're finished, I'm telling you. And I'm praising my God. You're really finished. You know that? And you're speaking to the problem. And I believe that that's when God sent all, He sent all His ministering spirits. Remember in Hebrews chapter 1, God has assigned ministering spirits to us. To minister to the saints. We get very religious, little, little things. We get so, you know, trapped in different things. But the Holy Spirit, God has sent us this ministering spirit. And for many of us, these angels are around us and say, I don't know what God wants to do with this guy. He does nothing. We got nothing to do. No assignments. We need to get them busy. Send them to work on our children. Amen. Send them to pull that laborer to go speak to our, our child, whatever. But we need to engage this, the, the, the sword of the Spirit in our, in our hand. Now, what is it to do? To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. Now, we're not going to punish people, but what we're saying is, as we praise God, God begins to execute vengeance on the enemy and what the enemy has been doing in your life. God does that. That's where he restores the things that the enemy has stolen from you. There's time for restoration. He takes back everything the enemy is taking from you and he brings them back to you. And then the word of God is fulfilled. It says... To execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people. To bind their kings, the satanic forces, with chains. So when you are praising God, guess what? You are binding the problem. And the king behind your problem, you are binding them with chains. And their nobles with feathers of iron. To execute what? The written judgment. Many times... You know, as we pray there, I I just quote the scriptures. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You see, I I like saying that scriptures a lot. And 
every word that's been spoken against me. So I know, based on Pastor John from Nigeria, they are speaking a lot of things over my life over there. And what's powerful, right? So I cancel their words. Right here at the Ark Fellowship, praying over here. I cancel everything that they have to say about me with the blood of Jesus. The truth is going to come out. Everybody will know the truth. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, you, I will condemn. God will condemn. Now, why is that important? Because the words that are spoken against you will do something in your life unless you condemn them. Unless you speak against them. So I hear them and I basically say none of those things will affect my life. I'm different. I got nothing to prove to anybody. I am with God. I'm hid in God and in Christ. Amen? Amen? So we execute that job. He says, this honor of all his saints. That's what God has honored you with. This honor have all his saints. In other words, you can, this, everything we just read in this passage, that's your, your inheritance. You can enjoy all of that. Amen? That's your inheritance. This is the time. Please stand up with me tonight. I went over about my time. But the Spirit of the Lord is in this place tonight. And we must tell ourselves, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. If God be with me, who can be against me? So I stay and rest my case with him. What is it tonight? If Jesus were to stand before you, and he says, son or daughter, what would you want me to give to you? That will help your joy to be full. What is that one thing? What is that one thing that will bring peace into your life? I want to agree with you tonight for whatever that is. And we have to believe God. We don't see Him with our eyes, but He's so here. He's so here with us and wants to meet our needs. So I'm very sure that if I agree with you, based on what Jesus told us in Matthew 18, 18, if two shall agree concerning anything, and he wasn't lying to us, God would do it. What is that one thing that you want God to do for you tonight that will bring joy? If God, if you can take care of this one thing, I will really feel good about life. What is that? Secondly, would you believe God to give you that while we pray tonight? Will you, as you stand praying, believe God? I believe you've heard me. Will you thank Him tonight for the answer and refuse to be anxious? Even when that thing comes into your mind, that's Satan injecting it again so that you come out of agreement with God and so He can pound you again. But we want to take care of these things tonight, and I mean business. We're going to take care of it tonight, whatever it is. Can I hear an amen? We're going to take care of it. Let's lift our hands up, whatever it is that you want the Lord to do for you. What, no, don't, be, don't make it that small. Uh, if it's something that you want from God, your God is not that small. Make it big. If you need to tell God to send a laborer 
Let, tell God tonight and believe God that certainly, no doubt, God has his man, God has his woman, and that person will be available for my family member, for my relative, for my brother, for my sister. Financially, finances, God's going to meet that need. He loves you and wants to meet every need. He cares for us. He cares for us. Father, we thank you. We know that you are here with us. We can't truly hold your hands, but we know you are holding our hands. And by faith, we are holding on to your hands. And we believe you are here tonight. And Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the power of the blood of Jesus, by faith in the name of Jesus, I call every prayer from your children tonight answered in the name of Jesus. I believe, God, that you heard us from heaven and that you have sent the answer. We believe as we stand praying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the answer. 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 We will no longer be anxious. Can you say that? We will no longer be anxious. Say it from your mouth. I'm not anxious about this thing anymore. I'm free. I'm free. God has heard my prayer. Let it come out of your mouth. Give God something to walk with. Let it come out of your mouth and speak it with boldness. God, you have answered my prayers. I believe that you have answered my prayer. I am no longer anxious. I am no longer fearful. God, I have received the miracle. I can't see it, can't touch it, can't taste it, can't smell it. But I believe I have my miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have the answer. And my trust and my hope is only in the name. The name that is above every name. The name of Jesus that causes every knee to bow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need us to honor the Holy Spirit here tonight. Some of us have never done that. I need you to speak to him and tell him how much you appreciate him. He's a person. Can be easily grieved. But I need you to speak to the Spirit. Not in tongues. Talk to him. Give him some thanks. Welcome him. Thank him because he lives in you. Jesus said he will abide with you forever. He is in you. You thank Him. Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, I thank you. You abide in me. Lord, may you ever be comfortable in me and constantly be my helper. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit. I worship you, Holy Spirit. Thank you 
for manifesting the words of Jesus in my spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you. Many times we thank the Father. And many times I hear, thank you, Jesus. We need to give the Holy Spirit his place. He is the Lord of the harvest. Recognize him. He is our Lord and Master. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. We're dismissed.